welcome back for another episode of Clean Tech Talk, where we at Clean Technica interview clean tech leaders from around the world. With topics ranging from electric cars to climate change communication, you can listen to our full podcast series by visiting our website at cleantechnica.com. Want to drive a new electric car but can't afford it? We can help. A new online raffle lets you win your EV dream car all while helping the planet. Visit evraffle.org to win a Tesla, Rivian, or a Lucid Air with 500-mile battery. Secan Action Fund uses all proceeds to promote clean energy. That's evraffle.org. We are here for another episode of Clean Tech Talk. I'm Zach Shahan, CEO of Clean Technica. And joining us today is Tor Solafred Valenza, founder of Unthink Solar. Should say founder and CEO, probably, and uh, host of the Probably True Solar Stories podcast. Which, uh, you know, we're going to talk just sort of normal, like solar overview and trends stuff, I think, uh, toward the end of this podcast. But Tor's, you know, expertise has been solar communications for as long as I've been connected to him, following him, and that's about 13 years or something. So, uh, one reason we're having this podcast is because I just I was like, why haven't why have we not have a podcast with Tor Solar Fred Valenza? We'll do one on you know what's happening in solar. But then as we got got preparing for it a bit more, he, you know he's a communications expert. That's what he does with solar. He's he's always been someone who I thought found and highlighted really important lessons. Came up with great great communications tips for solar. And that's also what Clean Technica is largely about: is communicating solar well to a mass audience, communicating in a way that helps inform and inspire solar adoption. Frankly, and so one thing you've done, we'll, we'll get to other communication matters, but we'll start with the podcast because one thing you've done is created this really cool, funny, interesting podcast, probably true solar stories. So could you tell? Well, tell the audience first of all how long you've been in the solar industry. Yeah how you got in the solar industry, and then about, let's get into the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Zach. And it, it really is an amazing 13, 14 years and the fact that we've never really met one-on-one because, you know, you've had your international travels. Um, but I always thought I'd see you at uh, Solar Power International, SBI, the, the main solar show. Yeah, and- I've been to various solar conferences, but mostly they were not in the U.S. They were, they were in, yeah, in Europe yeah. or the Middle East, where I lived in Europe for 11 years. But I've been in Florida for five years, but then COVID arrived. And then it yeah. was, uh, and I'm originally from Florida. But yeah, no, we. I mean, it was sort of mind-blowing uh, preparing for this. I'm like, we've been connected for 13 years. Yeah. And yeah. we've never, we've never like, like no. and, and, talked and, offline, like off the internet, you know, off the social yeah. media, basically. And, and, you know, in terms of communications, uh, again, I'm so grateful for all that you've done to, yeah, explain um, what solar is over the years, and, you know, with the publication and, you know, all, all that you've done to, again, not only that, but of course, it's Clean Technica. So EVs, of course, that's what you're focusing on. But let me get, yeah, back into my history. So a long time ago, when I was a little kid, I got fascinated by solar when I saw this little solar chip that was powering a, 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 a toy bicycle. And it was kind of a stick figure of a, of a guy. And he was just, you know, pedaling 
I guess it was a guy. It was just, again, a stick figure, metal stick figure. But I was just so fascinated. I was at this art show and, you know, must have been like like 13, 14. And, you know, the, the guy at the, the show kept putting his hand over the solar chip and the bicycle would stop. And then he'd take his hand off the solar chip and then the bicycle. And I was going like, oh, my God. And he said, well, this is solar power. And he started giving me a basic explanation for him. It was just a toy. But for me, it was like the genesis of, oh, my God, we can get free energy from the sun. How cool is that? And so then I started taking. Well, um, just, I just think it's funny. Art, uh, an art project and, and simple education matter is like what created Solar Fred. Like, like yeah, it shows yeah. you the power of that. Like your whole you have a whole influential career in solar industry. And it was stemmed from this uh this toy, which is, I think, amazing. I yes. think it's awesome. Yes, and I and I have a picture of it. I would love to get my hands on that original one. I don't think I bought it because it was out. It was way above my allowance at that time. But I remember it clearly, and I've seen pictures of it. It's, it's a Japanese toy. But so I'll, one of these days, I'll I'll see if somebody has it on eBay and I'll I'll grab it. But in any case, but so then you know I was so fascinated by it. I said, oh, gosh, you know. I want to light up New York City. That's where I, I grew up. And so I, I started taking, I wanted to be a solar engineer. And so I took physics and calculus in high school. And then my grades convinced me that I was not going to be a solar engineer. But I, again, I was still kind of like fascinated by it. And and so, uh, you know, I had a great imagination, clearly. So believe it or not, I went to school and got the screenwriting bug. And I became a film and TV writer. So if there's any Stargate SG-1 fans out there, Darman Gregg, The Dead Zone, and a lot of movies that I wrote for studios that unfortunately got put on the shelf. And that's just, you know, how Hollywood is. And eventually- Darma got... and Greg, I remember that show. Like that's his, yeah. <laughs> so you're a writer on that. It's funny, you know, many people dream to be in uh, in Hollywood and then end up as an engineer, maybe. And you, you jumped up <laughs> as an engineer, ended up writing for writing I um, mean, yeah, in Hollywood. For, for a time. But so then, yeah, just like right now, there was a Writer's Guild strike and, you know, things were not going well for me. I just couldn't get back on another show or anything like that. And I saw a double feature of An Inconvenient Truth and Who Killed the Electric Car. And that kind of re-inspired that love for solar energy that I had as a kid. And I said, well, shoot, you know, there are plenty of engineers, but they're doing a really crappy job at communicating. So they need more communicators. And so I took some basic courses, solar courses that wouldn't twist my brain too hard. And again, I I I was so passionate about the technology that it all came a lot easier now uh, or, or whatever then in, in 2008 when I started studying. And yeah, and then... So then at the same time, social media was happening. And again, solar companies were not on social media and Twitter and Facebook. And I was going like, what the heck are you guys thinking? And so that frustration made me start a solar blog and a, a solar Twitter account. And so a lot of people ask me, well, how did you come up with Solar Fred? Well, solar tour for Twitter, just I knew was going to be confusing to people. Just as like, I can't order a drink at Starbucks and give my name as Tor. Because people will always say, you know, Tom, I mean, they just will never believe in America yeah. that I said the word Tor or they'll say Thor. They'll, you know, yeah. it's, it's just a simple T-H. I mean, it's a simple T-O-R, um, but they'll always twist it in some way or shape or form. So anyway, long story short, 
I just thought about Fred. Like that sounds, Solar Fred sounds like a funny name. People will remember <laughs> it. It sounds like someone who's going to be on the roof. And <laughs> on Stargate, there was a character named Fred that I had done. And so, and there was another incident. Where, yeah. That's I, so I, funny. I I was always confused. Where does Fred come from? <laughs> like the name. Yeah, yeah. I thought maybe this is a middle name or uh, just a nickname you picked up somewhere. I didn't know you created it. <laughs> I just created it because it it I knew people would remember it. It actually also came out of a neighbor of mine um, when I was in in Hollywood. Um, lived across the street and was very private. Wouldn't tell us his name or anything else. We just always wanted to communicate things like, you know, can you move your your garbage trash your trash bins in because he was leaving it outside too long and things like that. And my wife and I just were frustrated because we didn't know his name, who he was. And so we just said, we'll just start calling him Fred. And so that so you named yourself me. out of, uh, uh, you named yourself after your frustrating neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In a way. And, but it was like for, it was, a, it was catch all for everything. Yeah. And then the hat, are we, is this a, just a podcast or are we uh, we, to- you, we'll put it on YouTube as well. Most people listen on podcasts, but uh, yeah. we're going to put it on YouTube as okay. well. So check the, so, uh, um, when I started in the industry, I did have hair, but the hat was also, again, a brand decision that i wanted it to reflect the people that I was trying to communicate to the solar installers. So I wanted to look like them and that's a brand type of thing. And so that became my icon of having an unbranded baseball cap. On, on my head and i love this i, I, I love this and, and that's all i do yeah um, people, people, people here make always... make fun of me because i'm always i always have a, a baseball hat. <laughs> it's funny because i as a kid i never wanted i hated wearing a hat because i have this kind of shaped head that's not good for hats I, and it's like I always look awkward but then when we move back to florida I think just the the sun coming through the the Tesla Model Three sun glass roof was like is intense. Now we put like heat shields there, but I started wearing a hat for that, and we started playing tennis a lot, and started wearing a hat for that. So now I wear a hat like everywhere because I'm just used to it always, and I have to take it off for the podcast to not look like too informal, you know. And I take off my sports shirt that I wear everywhere I ever put on the polo. But uh, I love that now I, I should be dressed like normal and I'll be matching this style that we're going for, you know, yeah, <laughs> because yeah. I, but I had no idea you had made these like conscious, although it's it's completely fitting for, you know, for who you are and what you do. Yeah, like, exactly. it's completely fitting. So it doesn't surprise me, but it's also like, wow, that's hilarious and, and awesome that you did that. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, anybody, whatever, I mean, again, if you're a solar installer there, again, you, you've got to think about, you know, who you're trying to serve, but also who you are. And, you know, for me, for me, I, again, I wanted to be myself and at the same time reflect my customers that I was trying to attract. And at that time, it was more on the residential side of things. So and where are you based right now? Now I'm in Oakland, California. So okay, here so in San Francisco. Solar yeah, capital of the world. Here. Hello listeners, I hope you're enjoying today's episode of Clean Tech Talk. My name is Scott and I'm Zach's business partner here at Clean Technica. We know we're having a positive impact and helping the world move past fossil fuels, but I think we all know we need to move faster. We at Clean Technica want to accelerate the clean tech revolution and we'd love your help. Could you chip in $5 or $10 a month? If that's within your budget, please check out cleantechnica.com/support. That's cleantechnica.com/support where you can sign up via PayPal or Patreon and make a monthly contribution. Thanks so much. Yeah. yeah so let's get to the the evolution into the podcast, which is sure. going to get even more fun, I think. 
Yeah. So again, so now you know my my uh, television writing and film writing background, and you know I was very uh, happy in I still am happy in the in the solar PR world, and and that's mainly where I'm I'm at these days, solar PR and communications. But I was very frustrated that you know we keep you know doubling, quadrupling the number of solar installations, and yet we did not see that in film and TV, you know? I mean, if you look at film and TV today, solar is pretty much invisible. And I think we really can't call solar mainstream until it really is, you know, a mainstream part of our pop culture. I mean, I I kind of joke to people that we're not going to be, you know, mainstream until Taylor Swift has written a a breakup song about, you know, a solar install, having a solar installer. Well, my my daughter will love. Him. She's a Taylor Swift obsessed. So, <laughs> I guarantee you, if she wrote something about solar, it would have an influence. <laughs> yeah, no, she, of course it would. I mean, it would be great. I mean, another friend said, no, 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 it shouldn't be Taylor Swift breaking up with her solar installer boyfriend. It should be her breaking up with her her utility and going solar. And I went like, yeah, that's another way to go about it. But that's just it. It is not in any shape or form pop culture. It's just somewhere else and it's 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 an idea it's in the news which is great and you know in, in terms of where we were then and where we are now i think solar is definitely in the news much more often today well, and pretty much mainstream yeah um, well before i mean when when i started covering clean tech on clean technica it was 2009 and I took over the site in 2010 and, and I like started running it and doing it a little more or well, doing it for real. Yeah. And back then we just covered solar and wind, like basically it was all solar and wind. And as EVs came onto the scene, we start we're like, we're like, ah, we'll cover them too. You know, they're clean tech, you know, so it's not really our yeah. thing. And we started covering them. Of course, Tesla was quite early on, started covering that. He got it. We got interested in it. It got a good following early, you know, just quick, fast growing following. And just more and more that became a a topic of focus. And Mm -hmm. for us, for our readers, for people passionate about clean tech solutions to climate change. And it just, you know, the situation is that solar is often just a financial or climate consideration. And you put it on your roof and it's there and it does its job. And EVs, electric cars, you have a consumer interaction. There's all these different styles and and to, you know um, brands, and you interact with it every day. It's on the street; you see it every day. Like solar roofs, they might be all around you. You don't even know it because they're on the roof, you know. So I've, I've, it's always been a bit of a struggle. Like, how do you maintain interest, and how do you keep exactly. you know keep keep this top of mind as a clean tech solution? when you're telling the same story year after year after year about the financial savings, bring out the spreadsheets and it's not quite, and and there's this booming clean tech industry, electric vehicles that, you know, gets a lot more interest because, because of what it is. So, yeah, I mean, we struggle with that. We didn't come up with the brilliant idea you did. So let's, let's keep going with your, your podcast. Yeah. Well, again, that that's exactly what it is. I, I think people, you know, will name their cars, but they won't name their their solar installations. There's no like attachment to to that. They don't they don't name them Fred. I thought everyone they, named they, their they, solar yeah, installations. I mean, I, I wish they would. I wish I wish you know, and and definitely I should write a, a story about that. So, getting into the podcast again, I was frustrated not seeing 
you know, solar on film and TV, and I'm not a movie studio, but I am a good writer and I, I love to write. It's it's fun for me. And so I, I thought, okay, well, podcasts are relatively inexpensive these days. Let's create an anthology series about solar. And I wanted it to touch, you know, every facet of the pop culture genres. So it, as long as it somehow involves solar, that's all that I, I cared about. I wanted you to be able, I wanted to show other writers as well as myself, proof to myself in, in many ways, that solar could be on Netflix in, in a show and things like that. And it should be just in the background. I was really excited to see that Netflix made a deal with GM, I believe. So now they're gonna be, uh, when it makes sense in, in the shows that Netflix produces, they're going to have electric cars in there instead of just regular gasoline cars. So I want, you know, solar to be having that, that presence as well. So, you know, I said, okay, for some reason, a solar heist movie came to mind. I said, okay, how can we do a solar, solar panel heist movie? And so that was our first episode. And that's now an ongoing storyline in probably true solar stories. The sixth one the sixth part is going to be premiering tomorrow, actually. And so again, probably we'll have just premiered after by the time this publishes. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll you'll you'll have all six parts with another cliffhanger for season three. So we've had two seasons. Um, each season is, is about 10 episodes, give or take. And, you know, again, I, I'm trying to think of all the ways that we can have solar as part of people's lives. So there's a, you know, but in, in pop culture. So there's a solar haunted house story. There's a Winnie the Pooh goes solar story. So for, for, for kids, there's a, you know, kind of a murder mystery story called murder by solar drone. There's a, or yeah. Yeah. I think that's the title. I'll have to look it up, but it was, I think it's, or no, it's actually murder by solar. But again, it's using a solar. Once upon a time, there was a solar installer. So in this case, it's once upon a time, there was a solar installer who was using a drone to do a site survey. And so for those of you who don't know, oftentimes when you're designing a solar system, you have a drone that goes above your roof and, and takes pictures and does this whole, uh, it, it, it's, it's photographing videos around and around to make sure that you're not going to have any obstructions that are blocking the sun and things like that. And then that gets pushed into some software and it gets designed. And I thought, well, what if like, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, an old Alfred Hitchcock movie, Rear Window, someone's doing that and they hear a gunshot from somewhere else, like nearby, and they catch something on video. So I don't want to, you know, ruin it, but it's kind of like, I think I, I think, I, I saw a murder type of thing and nobody believes them. And the, the, the person next door happens to be this guy's ex-fiance who left him for his best friend like 10 years ago. So there's that conflict. Get, of getting really time. into, I mean, I'm expecting it. You were a writer for Dimer and Greg for other, you know, for, was it Stargate? I think you said. Yeah. Yeah. Stargate, so, you know, the first, the first version of it. Yeah. So I'm sure this is going to be like, these are like real shows. It's not like if I tried to write it, <laughs> do a podcast writing stories. They're, uh, they're funny. Yeah, they're fun. They have beginning, middle, and ends. But the first know. thing that came to mind when you 
when you were talking about this a few minutes ago was yeah i mean you can there's so many action movies with like chase chase scenes on the roof uh-huh. yeah and you're just like those should all have solar panels by now they like like they would be more fun more interesting finally change up the scenery on the roof a little bit <laughs> and, and and just bring attention to to it right yeah well and the other thing about it is that i i, I saw this as being edutainment so you know the things that i'm saying in there are are usually based on some type of of fact so for example the solar heist episode is about a guy a solar developer so in the utility scale industry they're they're importing lots and lots of panels from china but there is a law that says that you can't import solar panels that were made with slave labor and there's a certain part of china that is starting to do that and so nobody wants to make their solar panels with slow, with the slave labor but what if there was a exporter who kind of made a switch and you know gave this guy the, the bad panels instead of you know the good panels that he ordered and customs you know confiscated them well that solar installer is going to lose a lot a lot of money by delaying his project especially if he you know if that's going to be in there and so he meets a guy who knows a guy and they decide to do a little bit of solar heist, solar panel heist out of the um, the, the warehouse where it's being, uh, the customs is, is storing the, the, those panels. But it goes a lot deeper than that. Things, it's it's not what everybody, it's it's not what it originally seems to be. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. That's, I'm why really it's a six, that's why it's a six-parter. I'm really excited um, to... Uh... I'm yeah. really excited to to listen. And also, I like the idea that they're continuing. I mean, that's what you like, right? You don't want just one story, one episode. You know, you want something that's going to continue across episodes. You know, you... Yeah, it, it's kind of a... That's a struggle depend, for me. It depends on what you're writing, right? But it's, yeah, I mean, but I mean, as definitely... a as a viewer or listener, you know, you start to get interested in the character and you want to, you know... Right, you wanna... yeah. It's, it, you know... I struggle between doing this as an anthology show and and then doing it, you know, as something that is an ongoing. So I have some combinations, like the, the longer stories, I do break up into parts. One of the ones that I love, and it's kind of the feedback that I've gotten has been on this one is kind of, I, I love it or meh, and that is a solar dragon story. So that's one of my, it's a three-part solar dragon story. Believe it or not, um, again, I, I did this one because I'm looking at Game of Thrones and people are caring about damn dragon slayers than they are about solar installers. And I go like, okay, if, if that's what pop culture wants, then I've got to do some type of dragon story. And what I did was I thought like, okay, are dragons the good, good creatures or bad creatures? I thought, what if I make it a good creature? And what if we put it in a modern world like we have today? And instead of coal and, and gas burning fossil fuels, to power uh, steam turbines, what if we use just thermal dragon power? So when when dragons are, are going to be creating that steam and on, on the boilers with with their breath, and that's how they that we create the electricity of the world. So we have these talking union union dragons that have to have coffee breaks and 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 other perks and things like that that I won't won't get into, but they're very unreliable. You know, they're moody, they're moody dragons, things like that. So again, it's kind of funny, but at the same time, it, it's also very serious in the sense that just like fossil fuels, 
the, the king, you know, in this in this kingdom realizes that they have to replace the dragons somehow. And so they have this lab that's developing solar and this other guy in the lab says, no, or, or we could just do fossil fuels. And so there's this, you know, we, we, then we could just easily replace the dragons with burning fossil fuels. And that would be, you know, the easiest thing to do. And, you know, the, the other wizard who's um, inventing solar says, well, you know, maybe that wouldn't be the most that that's a short-term thing we, we've got to do something that's more sustainable and a dragon gets also pissed off and that's the other thing about this dragon I'm, I'm giving too many details but you can't lie to a dragon they're natural lie detectors and so essentially that fossil fuel wizard and the dragon start a dragon war i think the getting second- into getting into the details helps a bit to sort of get get a little more of a a teaser pull pull in a little bit more like hey you know what's going yeah. on so well i yeah i haven't watched i know game of thrones of course but i've never watched it so I'm, I'm not familiar but i like that i like that you have that you're doing di- very different thing all different things so you're not just picking one genre and you're sort yeah. of uh it's an interesting because then you can i don't know as a creative person as a writer as a content creator it's it'll be interesting to see how how you do that yeah, yeah. but then then the thought that comes to mind is like, are you thinking at all about pitching Netflix or someone? I'm saying it was picturing, picking like one one that you really like or that is quite popular, one of the and sort of saying, hey, why don't we make a show out of this? Or you're not not <laughs> or you're you're not going into that 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 far. I you know, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but it would be something that again, thing things being in Hollywood, I know how things get crushed <laughs> and changed um you know as soon as you sign the contract it's no longer yours it's, it's literally theirs so i wouldn't be opposed to it and my goal is to get solar into pop culture and so if you know if that were to happen that would be great you know if this this were to become the next if that dragon story would become the next uh you know modern kind of game of thrones that would be fun and that, and that's the other thing. The, the the whole three parter is definitely reflective of our energy transition. People have jacuzzis, they have air conditioners, and things like that. And you'll you'll see when you listen to it. You know, there's a there's a lot of education. I didn't say that every episode has true solar takeaways in the show notes. So I always separate the solar fact from the solar fiction. So it's again ed, edutainment in in every episode. But I think that you know as the series develops and as we keep growing the audience either one of my stories yeah may eventually get there or i'm i'm hoping that inspires others to start writing solar fiction too and you know maybe someone even better better writer than me and i'm I'm not the best writer i like i I like it but you know i mean i know over the years different people have tried to get into climate fiction you know and tried to make that into something and i've I've never seen anything really take off with it. Uh, of course, there's the bigger, you know, don't look up. There's some bigger productions that have happened, but just in like coming from the grassroots up. So but, my, my theory but it's about very that, limited still. Yeah, well, but climate fiction, I think, is the wrong way to go. I mean, with all due respect to everybody who's actually created it and tried to do something, 
that yeah we can apologize to those three people individually after (laughs) there's not that much that's gone i mean maybe there's more than i'm aware of i don't know i mean i think don't look up was was brilliant in its own way but i think people don't want to be depressed about this dark future and that's usually what happens it's a doom and gloom type of story that that is very cautionary and you better act now and i think people you know turn off to that and what my series is trying to do is just show the people using the solutions as part of their everyday life so you know it it's just solar just happened it's about a solar installer i mean you know, there's a solar superhero story. There's again Winnie the Pooh just deciding, yes, I should go solar to save save money so we can buy more honey, essentially. Yeah, and so, as a communicator, I mean, that's, I mean, I love it, and I I know where you're coming from. You, you know, you want it to be something that's naturally weaves in, that's naturally that, and then makes people just naturally think, oh, maybe I should go solar. Oh, maybe I should think about this. It's everywhere I see. You know, there's a bank nearby, just a few minutes away a chase bank that put solar on last year and it's very prominent like it's like uh-huh. very visible from the parking lot of Publix across uh, the same yeah. parking lot shared parking lot and you just see it very it's huge it's a big rooftop solar system and it's it's very prominent so i'm just like it must it must do so much to inspire people to go solar like just seeing it every day must make people think oh maybe i should think about solar and i think that's what you're going for with this and it's yeah. just something i definitely like you know make it make it part of the natural fabric of your of what you see every day or or hear every day and then it's then it's like more likely to have influence than someone saying hey we're gonna all burn the planet you better go and it's like as soon as someone starts wagging their finger at you you know figuratively of course uh maybe literally sometimes uh you turn off you know a little bit but it should be a desire i mean i i liken it to again when silent movies and cars grew up at the same time a lot of the silent movie plots, if you look back at them, are about the challenges of car ownership at the time. It was a new new thing. And so it was also part of the women's movement because it made women more independent by driving a car. And it was, it was scandalous that a woman should, should be driving a car back then. And so you have all of these things where these, you know, very strong-minded women are you know going to their fathers no i'm you know taking i'm i'm stealing the car and then of course she has a breakdown and she's saved by charlie chaplin or whatever you know when 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 her wheel goes off or something like that but there's there's definitely you know that kind of dynamic of people seeing it on in pop culture in, in on the stream and going like yeah that's a normal that should be normal that should be a normal part of my life the same thing happened with cell phones in the late 1990s when you think of the matrix and what was that all about it was about someone talking into a phone and a cell phone and then going into again the the real world <laughs> and that was you know science fiction but you know and then you had jerry maguire same same year same time and he's screaming show me the money into his cell phone and that was all that dynamic so people showing people using the technology, I think, is and telling the story about it is much more powerful than a didactic thing of you should. And also, uh, again, the gloom and doom of, of, you know, if we don't, then, you know, the, the world's going to be much, much terrible. If, if it's a desirous thing. Again, that's what I, th- I feel like, you know, 
people name their cars, why don't they name, you know, if they, they put a personality to their solar system, that might, again, make people more attached and talk about it more and talk about it more, things like that. Well, I think it's funny because uh, we basically tore up the script for this podcast. <laughs> oh, no, I, had, I had I had some general general well, talk about some general like normal solar topics, and then this right. came up, and I was like, "Oh, I want to talk about this," and then uh, it's perfect. Uh, but there there is one thing from my original sure what I was originally thinking about that ties to the, all of this, just solar communications. So, I mean, that's. We could talk another time on another podcast about broader industry stuff, but communications has always been your thing. It's my thing, and it's always been a struggle. What what can you what can you say about how solar communications have changed and not changed in the? What well, have you been covering solar for the same time thirteen years, or you've been yeah long- fourteen years, a little bit longer, just so almost bit. the same, almost yeah, the same I time started- period in 2008 with my own private blog and then i got i, I moved over to solar power rocks i don't know if you remember that yes um, yeah, yeah and then then got picked up from renewable energy world just to start I, they wanted me to also do a residential blog and i went like no i i really want to talk about how shitty a job that that's that the solar industry is doing to marketing <laughs> yeah itself. and well, they I said will. sure <laughs> yeah so, yeah, no, I mean, and you've always stood out in a really positive way for that. Well, I, I started like just green lifestyle blogging in 2008, uh-huh. uh, so very, very limited. And then it was 2009 that, uh, there, and anyways, long story, but that's when I started like, oh, I got to find stories to write about. I'm going to write a lot more. Mm-hmm. Long story, I won't get into it. But then that's when I started really covering solar. But yeah, similar time frame. So it's, I think it's it's interesting to me. This is a big, there's some things that are hugely different today than 13 years ago. And there's some things that are the same. <laughs> so, but yeah. I'm, I'm curious from your perspective with solar communications, especially what have you seen change and what have you seen not change for, for better or worse? So I think in terms of tactics, you know, technology has definitely changed things uh, again in, back back in our day um when we started social media was the the new kid on the block it was social like, media was nicer and fun it was yeah it, it, you know i mean because back then all they were doing were putting ads it was just adver- it was pure advertising on website there was no engagement and connection with people and so i think social media you know started that and then things started becoming again with online streaming becoming with the technology better improving all the time I mean, gosh man like i'm old enough to remember what before there was email and things like that and all these things and i remember in, in again when i was writing for, for stargate and all that that they were saying that you know this kind of thing that we're doing right now would be coming very soon, you know, zooming and and face to face communications, and it was all sort of very Star Trekky back in 1999. But it really took how many years? Probably, you know, 15. I don't know when when did Zoom? I, I would say probably in 20 in the mid 2000s. Yeah, I guess. Well, would, would Skype be the first real yeah, big Skype breakthrough started. with that? But I don't remember when. The, I can't it wasn't, keep track that of didn't when. Become popular, but it wasn't quickly. It wasn't 
it wasn't right it wasn't right soon yeah. from that period it, it was yeah as popular. at least a decade yeah so you know i think that we've definitely gotten more technical and it's not just about like, engagement anymore it's definitely advertising there's definitely now this video culture for sure you know I, i've said to several i'm not really in, in the residential space right now my, my clients are more on the b2b side and the and you know the bigger utility side behind me um, you can see the utility uh but i think that you know you if you have the bandwidth i would be putting in a a, a link to every you know you have the little chat box when you come vi visit your website i would put in just you know a link that says you know, let's talk now and have like people click on that and actually have that personal communication to answer their questions and give them a quote right on the spot in this kind of very direct video way. A lot of people would, would feel better about that because solar still is complicated. It is not still, and I, I, I hope one day it will be plug and play. It is not plug and play. So anybody who is not a, a really good electrician should not be installing solar. There are so many things, especially in the United States, you have permitting, you have a lot of technical needs and understanding before you pick up a solar panel. It's, it's just not plug and play. Anyway, so definitely the, the that's changed. And I think that, you know, it it's definitely become, even installation, more commoditized. Whereas I think it was your local solar installer now you're competing against, you know, national solar installers that are hiring your local solar installer to actually do the, you know, the, the national ones are these big lead gen companies, essentially. And then they're, they're paying that local installer, solar installer to put it on your roof. Financing has changed. So, but the, um, but the pitch to consumers is still primarily like, well, back then there wasn't so much of the the financing option so it's like you you'll get your payout payback in yeah 10 years yeah. or whatever and yeah. one thing that changes the payback periods got shorter so it got, got easier to say oh this is attractive because the payback is shorter and shorter but then also just the option of you can pay nothing up front and and monthly payments like this pulled in a lot of pulls in a lot of people but right. other than that the, the pitch is basically i mean it's the same as it was right i mean there's not much I, I think savings will always be the top one. And, and that's kind of ironic in, in, in the sense that, you know, again, compared to other consumer devices, things don't save you money, your, 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 your car, even an electric car, you know, ultimately saves you money compared to an ICE car, but, but that's about it. I think the other thing that is now more predominant because of our energy transition, and again, this is reflected in the dragon story as well, is is the need or the idea that that energy storage now needs to be paired with um, solar. So that can be because of rate design. So the utilities used to, your backup battery used to be the grid. So you have something called net metering, which is kind of like uh, rollover minutes for, for solar, any extra solar power that you ever, that you produce during the day gets credited back to your bill by the utility. Well, it used to be one for one. In other words, if you, you know, your utility rate is 30 cents per kilowatt hour, you'd get back on your bill 30 cents per kilowatt hour. 
now they've they've changed that um, here in California and in other states, and they're giving you just the wholesale rate. So even though they're selling your extra solar power for 30 cents a kilowatt hour, they're crediting your bill five cents a kilowatt hour, and they're charging you an extra 10 bucks just to be connected to the grid. So I think the message now is with a battery, you can now save your extra solar power instead of putting it back to the grid where they're not going to give you anything and use that more at night. And and again, the old adage. Yeah. And there's that independence, that kind of freedom, that kind of self-reliance angle that's always been powerful. I don't know if it's gotten more. I think that I think that is becoming more popular for sure. I've always been a big fan of that one. I mean, I think money again is always going to be because it's such it still is despite the the cost coming down of solar panels, you know, it's still an investment, you know, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. But again, you're still gonna get a tax credit and all these other things. If you can afford a tax credit, that's you know, if some people don't pay that much in taxes, so then maybe a lease is better for you. But regardless. That energy independence mentality, I think, is definitely speaking to a lot of people who value value that. And so, and it's, you know, and those I, those subsidy changes, it's actually similar thing in other markets too, like Australia's big solar markets, and they they it wasn't net metering, it's feed-in tariffs, and in Europe and in Australia, but they also have gotten more and more like excess your any excess solar you're just basically getting paid very little for it so better to store it so it's funny that it's happens it ha- these kind of things happen in different shapes and sizes but the same way around the world uh as the technology evolves and that yeah. that self-reliance that independence also i think i think got a boost from the covid pandemic where we all we all had were more i, I don't know it just everything pushed more towards you know towards that and so I think, again, that comes to mind more. It's like, hey, I want to make sure, of course, with extreme weather events as well, hurricanes, fires, right. con- constantly getting worse, people want that as well. So I think it's interesting. That, so that's become a major element of of the solar pitch and the solar industry. Yeah, I think peace of mind has definitely become one of those things in these grids that are now in this transformation. And for one reason or another, you know, one of the things that you asked about in our original questions was the rise of um, VPPs or virtual power plants. And I do think that that is something that we will all, again, in our energy transition evolution, become much more used to. And for, for those of that you don't know, you know, what utility infrastructure right now is that they're a monopoly and they produce all the power and we pay for all the power. Well, in energy 3.0 that we're into right now, you can now generate electricity from your own roof and you can store it in a battery and that has a value. So with, again, software that's being refined and developed right now, you will become a mini power plant along with your neighbors. And when the utility needs it, it can draw from your battery, if it's during the day, from your solar, your extra solar installation, and pay you a certain price for that, for that power. And so instead of building a, a centralized 
utility plant, you know, hopefully not a gas plant, but even a solar plant or a wind plant, you know, one of the big things in that has long been a part of uh, our utility infrastructure is what they call peaker plants. And these peaker plants are just on standby. They're called spinning reserves. And they're always sort of half on and they're very expensive to draw on. Well, instead of using spinning reserves, what if they just drew, you know, a, lit, a few kilowatt hours just from like a thousand solar installations? That's like a power plant and it's a clean power plant. And it's going to help when these, you know, increasingly hot days happen and we need extra power for the grid. Well, yeah, I definitely think you should have an, an episode or a series start with some some people meeting about the virtual power plant that they're a part of or, or forming. And then, you know, it gets into some other other complicated uh, story or crime mystery or something. A crime, yeah. I feel like a virtual power plant and a crime mystery would go well together. But please go go for it. That Take it on the books. <laughs> okay, really? Something okay. like that. Yeah, well, well uh, that's a good then. Uh, so I yeah I'm eager to to listen to your podcast one more time for people that's um yeah probably it's, true solar stories and it's available on all the streaming platforms I am if you are in the solar industry and you're going to be going to uh RE plus are you going this year uh, I no we have people in that area who go more yeah Okay. Maybe, um, maybe. Well, this is the largest solar conference. I'm going to be doing a live reading of my my latest um, story, and it's about a wedding that happens at at the conference, uh, a this solar between two solar people, and it's based very loosely based on a true story because I officiated a wedding of two solar pros in 2016, and so I decided to make exaggerate that to in a big way. This is um, going to be a popular session. This is going to be a packed <laughs> session. I guarantee it. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'll make it out for that. And yeah, crazy. just just nice to connect for sure. And uh, thank you for what you've done and what you continue to do. Um, we'll, have, we'll have to reconnect uh, sooner than <laughs> soon, not in thirteen years. <laughs> absolutely, Zach. This is this has been a real pleasure, and I'm so glad that we finally, you know, yeah. Connected. And, yeah, and yeah. Talk face to face instead of, but that's that's what I've been doing. Again, not to segue, but at for for fourteen years, I've been doing what they call a tweet up. Now we can't call it a tweet up anymore because Elon <laughs> changed it. But it was it was for just this purpose. It was for people like who only knew each other from social media to actually meet in one place and put down their phones and actually talk face to face. So now we have Zoom for that too. But this is, you know, a beer gathering and just fun people. So I hope you change your mind and come to RE Plus and see all the new products and and hang out with me. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe. I, a real maybe. So we'll, we'll see. Good. But if I, if I do, I would definitely reach out and we'll uh, meet up in person. But all right. uh, thanks a lot. And everybody enjoy uh, enjoy the, the fun solar podcast. And we look forward to seeing it. I know. We'll just plant the seed. We'll look forward to seeing it on Netflix someday or some, somewhere else like that. All yeah, right. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Clean Tech Talk. Join us next time to get your electric fix. If you would like to sponsor our podcast, send us an email at accounts at cleantechnica.com. That's A-C-C 
O-U-N-T-S at cleantechnica.com. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs>